Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 423 of The Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. How you doing, Sarah? I'm good, Megan. It's it's summer. Here we are. You ready for a break? You're ready for a break yet? It's funny. It feels like it's the beginning of summer, so I don't feel like I should need a break from summer yet, but we're going to talk about this whole idea of needing a break and whether we deserve a break and all of that today. Yeah, I actually, um, the other day, had gotten to like the end of our first full I think first full week of summer break. So, you know, we're recording this a little bit ahead, but not that much ahead. And I was like, man, I feel just really exhausted, which is strange because it feels like so much less is happening, but need a break from my break. Well, that's what we're talking about today is just what it looks like to take a break, how sometimes the idea of taking a break as a mom or just as a human sounds really great in theory until you think about all the work involved in setting yourself up from that break or like coming back after the break. Um, But why we do, you know, we do think breaks are really important and they can be really good for you. It's just that we know that it's not as simple as just like walking away from all of it. Wouldn't it be nice if we could all do that as moms, right? Just like hit pause. Well, and we're going to talk about all different kinds of breaks today because sometimes I think we can take a break from just one tiny aspect of our lives. Um, I recently took a Instagram break and I can talk more about that, but I think um, what we're probably going to most talk about is that feeling of needing a break kind of from the pace of life or the pace of your work or the pace of whatever you're doing that maybe you love and it's fulfilling, but you just need to hit pause. And I think we can all relate to that. Yeah, for sure. Before we jump into like the broader context of this conversation, Sarah, do you want to talk a little bit about what we've got going on? Speaking of taking a break. Yeah, speaking of taking a break. Um, so we are going to be doing something different with the podcast in the month of July. And don't panic, everybody. The mom hour is not going anywhere. And it's not even uh, not coming to you in July. You're still going to get episodes in July. 
But as we'll get into a little later, as creators of this podcast, we have never done seasons. We've never done extended breaks. We really have not skipped a Tuesday in like eight years. And we're going to talk more about that later. Um, But what we decided to do this July um, is to every Tuesday publish a classic episode from the way back archives. We're talking 2016, 2017. So even if you heard them way back when, um, your life has changed, our lives have changed, and we have some really great episodes picked to rerun each Tuesday in July. And then on every Friday in July, you're going to hear from two of our contributors on our team with a brand new episode chatting about that Tuesday's rerun. So you're going to get a classic on Tuesday and a fresh conversation every Friday, kind of with those moms who have kids of different ages and they're coming to you from 2023 with whatever post-COVID context and, you know, from the present day, um, kind of adding their fresh take on that classic from the archives. So you'll actually, listeners, get eight episodes in the month of July. But It's a bonus. But (laughs) the, the giant... The giant change for us is that we will not be coming to you with fresh Megan and Sarah conversations for a whole month. And that is big for us. That's huge. We, in eight years, like you said, have never skipped a Tuesday episode. I don't think one time. And we've really been doing at least six episodes a month, almost every single month for years now. I feel like we added those more than moms that became, that became sort of a staple and voices in like 2017. So it's been a really long time since we've taken any kind of a break. Um, and that is, it's, I mean, it's been a long time coming. I think it just, again, the logistics of setting up like our work lives to make a break possible, to feel like good about that. And, and actually also to decide when to do it. Cause maybe there's been times in the year where I'm like, man, I could really use a break from um, recording right now, but it wasn't, I didn't think about ahead of time. I didn't coordinate it with you. Like we coordinated this months ago. Like Mm -hmm. this has been in the work. So again, like taking a break looks like a whole lot of work, right? It does. And we've (laughs) been fortunate to have a business where you as the listener can receive regularly spaced out, constantly coming at you podcast episodes, but we have the flexibility to sometimes batch record ahead. And so that's what you're speaking to, Megan, is we've been able to give ourselves a recording break for a couple of weeks by doing, you know, working ahead. But as the consumer of podcasts, you may or may not have noticed that like they just keep coming at you. And so this is, this is different for us. And yes, it does actually take thought and time and planning to give yourself a break. And we're like, we're recording this in June. So we don't even know how that's going to feel to have a whole month really without major recording obligations. Um, and to have the podcast kind of trucking along without us. It reminds me, Megan, of like what it feels like as a mom to kind of like put all the ducks in a row to like give yourself maybe a vacation or a girl's weekend. And it's like all this work. And then you get there and you're like, whoa, this is weird. Like I'm not, I'm not doing my normal (laughs) mom thing. So I think there's a lot of parallels. There are. And I want to talk a little bit about that, that mom tug of war, that mental tug of war. Um, I think that we have some, I mean, This is like saying nothing new about motherhood, but there are some conflicting cultural messages that Uh we might get. I think like sometimes on the one hand, we don't feel like we've earned a break. We deserve a break. We're just doing like hashtag mom life over here. We're nothing special. We're not necessarily saving lives or running into burning buildings or whatever. So it can almost like I remember this, especially when my kids were young thinking I signed up for this. Like this is what I signed up for. Who am I to say I earned a break or I deserve a break from this. This is my life. But then on the other hand, 
there can be this sort of other cultural pressure to use up all your PTO and make sure you're like unplugging for two weeks and going into the mountains and, um, and also like make sure you're being intentional about taking breaks because that's how you restore yourself as a mom. And that's how, and that's how like you make it okay for everyone else to take breaks and all that. And sometimes those can feel really opposite or like date night, take a date night, um, get, you know, just, just hire a babysitter. Okay. Well, sometimes it's not as easy as just hiring a babysitter. And so it's like you're new, no matter what you can sometimes feel guilt or tension or like you're not living up to whatever the ideal is, whether it's being 24 seven on, you know, Mm -hmm. on demand all the time happily, or whether it's taking these idealized long breaks, neither one sometimes feels all that accessible. Well, and there were a lot of shoulds or implied shoulds in what you just said. So like, I shouldn't need a break or I should need a break or my break should look like this. Another one I'm going to pile on is that if you are in a stage of life with um, busy kids or a lot of little kids or a baby, often raising your hand and identifying that you need a break from caretaking small humans means that somebody else is going to have to step in and step up and that somebody else might be your partner. It might be your mother, your mother-in-law, but um, we ha- I think we have a lot of uh, hangups around our break, putting more work on somebody else's plate. And it just does. So the other week, I don't remember, I've lost track of time, but Brian was gone for six days, which is a relatively long work trip for him. And he got really sick when he was traveling, just a bad cold, but like a, like a really bad cold where he was in bed for a couple of days. And so meetings canceled. So he had like a, it was not a fun work trip. He had a very exhausting, unfun work trip and had a bunch of delays. Right. So now he's coming home, like flights canceled the whole thing. So I'm sitting here at home and I've been solo parenting for six days. And I know that the person coming home has also not had an easy time of it. And I like I've now we've been together for 21 years. We've had kids for 15 years. Like we're pretty good at navigating these things. But I had this moment where I was like, okay, he is going to need a break in his own way when he gets home and he's still sick. And I also need a break. So we're just going to have to be really honest about like, how do we both get what we need? And so I think that layer gets really complicated too, because it's one thing as a mom to say, I need a break from these kids climbing all over me. But then who is stepping in to relieve you and how comfortable do you feel that there's, it's like, it's like matter doesn't um, like disappear in the universe. Like the, the, um, the work that you need a break from will be assumed by someone else for a little while while you have a break. And that's tricky. Or it won't. And that's even trickier because there's also a world in which you take a break and come back to a pile. And that can yes. be house. That could I was be picturing um, a pile of children, actually. <laughs> well, a pile of children waiting by the back door for you to come back. But it could be the laundry piled up. It yeah. could be um, uh, permission slips piled up. Or there's things that you just know aren't going to yes. get done the way you would mm-hmm. do them in your absence. And, and this is in the work world, too. Like, I know people who've taken a maternity leave, let's just say, and literally just do their job just like normal. And then the day that they leave to have their baby, they just stop and put on their autoresponder and then they come back and just walk back into a normal job. Um, I do know those people. I don't know a lot of those people. Mm-hmm. I think it's more normal in the way and, and by nor- normal, it sounds like I'm normalizing it. And I'm right, not no, I know I what you mean. typical, it's more typical yeah. 
for you to have to do a lot of work to set yourself up for a mm. actually restful break, if you get it at all. And I'm talking now more about the workforce, but yeah. it, this applies to work and home. Um, for you to do all this pre-work to get everything ready and then you leave, but like it's still a little dicey. Like maybe the person they've got covering your role is a temp or is just like another person that is in your team. So now you feel kind of guilty because like everyone's stepping up for you. And you know that when you get back, there is going to be a mess to dig out from. And depending on your company culture and how big your office is and what like procedures they have in place to ease that transition for you, it could just be, it could almost feel like it's not worth, (laughs) Never mind. I don't need to take any time off to recover or take care of my baby. I'd rather just go to work. Yes. I, oh my gosh. I think that's the never mind. we're going to have to get into more because I do think that is like a, such a double-edged sword because then you'd never take the break because it feels like the pre-work and the post-work are, are going to outweigh any benefit the break would have. But man, like that's just, that makes us need a break even more. So right. it's a tricky cycle. It is. Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip-On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right. Well, Sarah, we were talking um, before we started recording about back in December, we did an update on our business and we just, I mean, it's kind of funny because I think this is sort of where the idea stemmed for us to take a podcast break might've been when we did that episode about just how like the creator economy is right now and all that, like 
there's a whole, there's a lot, that's a deep dive. It's a good one for you it's to listen to while episode, we're on It's a good episode, by the way. If, you're, if you follow <laughs> yeah. a lot of podcasters, you wonder yeah. how our industry works and our business works, um, we'll link it up in the show notes. It's a good yeah. one. But we got a lot of really nice responses from listeners. And a few of them were kind of along the lines of like, hey, it's so great that you've all been doing this for so long. Uh, but you know, it's totally cool with us if you take a break, right? Like, we're not going to be mad at you. Go ahead. You can take a month off or take the whole summer off or whatever. And and while like those notes were very encouraging and I think actually did help us think about taking a break seriously, like in a, oh, we can actually do this kind of way. It's kind of funny how your initial, and I'm using the general you, the royal you, um, reaction to being told that it's okay to take a break can feel, it can feel strangely defensive. And I think that was like my initial reaction. Like, Oh, but it's just not that easy. Like we can't mm-hmm. necessarily just take a break. Or are you saying we need a break? Like, are yes. you telling us to simmer down? Like, you know what I mean? Like the, um, it, like a break will solve this greater industry issue or whatever it is that you're talking about. And obviously that's not anyone's intent. And I know no. exactly what our listeners meant. They're just saying, Hey, we'll be here for you when you get back. And that's yeah. wonderful. But it did make me think about how sometimes another person telling you like, why don't you take a break can come off as sort of, I don't condescending is the wrong word, but more like you don't get it. Like you don't understand what it involves to take a break. And you could also apply that to your mother-in-law telling you to just get a babysitter so you Uh can go have a date night or, um, somebody in your life telling you just take a break when the kids are freaking out, like just put your feet up and take a break. And it'll help you get through your day as a mom and baby sleep when the baby sleeps. Yes. (laughs) And I feel like, I don't know. You had some really good insights about why I think we can have that knee jerk reaction, but I think it's just so normal that I wanted to mention it. Yeah, I think it's super normal. And it's funny when you talked about it in the context of our listener feedback, I was like, oh, I don't remember feeling that way, but I have 1 million percent felt that way in motherhood or in other work situations. And I think you nailed it. I think it's when it appears that someone is being like, oh, you look tired. <laughs> you know, like nobody likes to, no, nobody likes to be told you look tired or like, is there anything I can do to like, you know, make this easier? Yeah. yeah. I've had people say, oh, I can come watch the kids. So you and Brian can grab a date night. And I've, I've just been like, no, you don't get it. That's not I'm, the solution or I'm tired at a saying? soul level. And it's <laughs> right. funny. We get real prickly and I'm I'll, I'll just own it for myself, but I think you said it too. Very prickly about the implication that I can't manage what's on my plate. And for yeah. me, I bet you and I are different because our triggers are often different, but for me, it can be the subtext is, or the story I tell is it looks like I haven't like I haven't thought of this already, or I haven't figured out a way to make it work. Because if you knew me, you'd knew that I think of everything and I, I am doing the absolute, I am eking the absolute most out of every aspect of my life, including rest and breaks. So why would you imply that I should be doing something differently? So there's a real like ego and defensiveness that comes up. And there's like, I think if you're a, a newer mom, it's like, oh my gosh, do I look, do I look like I need a break? Am I not right. doing this well? So yes. I, and I don't want to, I, I want to be clear. That wasn't like our reaction to the nice listener emails we got. But I think like to your point, it brought up just enough that it's worth addressing how weird we can be about about the idea that we might need a break. Yeah. Yeah. And and about the idea that like um, like for me, I think, like you said, it's not necessarily as ego driven, though it totally can be at times, but more like the idea of like 
you'd be better at your job if you took a break. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You know, oh, like, yeah. oh, am I not doing a good job then? Is that what you're saying? Like, are you saying you don't want me? You don't want me. So for you, I bet yeah. a lot it's about like rejection, <laughs> like right. rejection or like, yeah. yeah, you're not needed here. That's a big one right. for you because you like to be needed. Yeah. So um, I think it's just it. it's always tricky. The idea of taking a break is tricky. Advising other people to take a break is tricky. And yet here we are. We're going to advise you to take breaks. Absolutely. See how we do that sometimes? <laughs> We can tell you how triggering something is for us and then tell you why you should push through and try to, in whatever way is workable and manageable for your life, try it anyway. Yeah. Well, and I think as we move through this topic, we're also going to give some examples of some more micro breaks or breaks from very small aspects of your life that could be doable this summer. It's not like we're not talking about like, you know, taking a sabbatical for seven months from your job or... I don't know, locking the kids out in the backyard for six hours tomorrow. Like it can be, these can be breaks that you can take while the rest of your life is plugging along. So, okay, Megan, for you thinking back of different kinds of breaks you've taken over the years, why do you think it can be useful? We've said that it's hard and that we have, we get, we have hangups about it, but why is it important and useful sometimes? Well, there's two reasons that come to mind for me right off the bat. First of all, sometimes me just saying I'm taking a break weirdly alleviates the need to actually take the break. Like there's some kind of, um, or to see the break all the way through. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, and I know you've, you've experienced this with me, maybe yesterday you experienced this with me. (laughs) Um, I just need to like make an extreme statement. Like I am done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm doing something totally different. I'm going to take six months off, whatever it is. And then it's like, once I've sort of declared that I can kind of back down from it. Like that's the fullest yeah. like the fullest version or ex- um, expression mm-hmm. of my need for a break. Like I express it as fully as possible. Yep. And then it's like, oh, actually though, really what I just need is like a day off mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever it is. So sometimes just having, having that statement. Um, I remember when I was a y- much younger mom and I was freelancing I would hit a wall every year, like clockwork in March and November. And at first I didn't notice that those were the months. And then like went back through some of my email. I feel like I said, I feel like this happens like on a rotation, a regular rotation. And then I realized it was always March and it was always November. And I would declare two weeks off because freelancing is a lot of hustling. It's a lot of like pitching and waiting and pitching and waiting and lots of different deadlines to kind of try to manage. And it can be a lot, especially when I, I had little kids at home. And I would just say, I'm taking two weeks totally off and I would take three days off. And then on the third day, I'd be like, well, I'm I'm kind of bored. So I'm going to go back to work. And then I would start working again and it felt great. So it was like, I had to, I had to declare something I didn't even necessarily need to see all the way through, but just declaring it was helpful. So that's one thing. I also think that declaring a break, whether it's just to yourself, whether you tell your spouse, whether you put it on the calendar or tell your coworkers, whatever it is it kind of creates a forced deadline to line it all up. So maybe you do need to work ahead. Maybe you need to hire a sitter. Maybe you need mm-hmm. to book a yes, trip. Yes, that's such a good maybe point. Maybe you need to, maybe there's some systems you need to put in place or some software you have to buy or like a cleaner needs to come to your house. Whatever the thing is, sometimes those things will not happen until you declare them yes. necessary. And then, and then it's funny how that first step of just declaring it can help you take the next step of lining up the thing and the other thing and the other thing to make it possible. That's such a good point because I think a lot of times as overwhelmed women, 
we are we get too used to getting to a breaking point and wanting to blow the whole thing up, like you said in your in your first point. Um, but that doesn't allow us a break because there's no there's nothing put in place. Like you said, the sitter's not hired, the sabbatical's not scheduled. Yeah. So um declaring it even before it's radically necessary, I think is such a good, such a good point. I wanted to say one other thing because we were talking about why it's hard. And we already talked about like the, you know, what if when I get back, there's a pile of children yeah. like mixed into the laundry. But another thing that I really think plays into this declaring it thing is that I do think we sometimes wait for permission. Like we wait for someone else yeah. to like give us the out or give us the ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that really ever happens because most people aren't really paying attention to your workload. Yeah. Maybe your spouse, you know, maybe someone who lives in your household might really see how hard you're working. And hopefully if they say, honey, could you take a break? You don't get defensive and tell them to buzz off. Um, But most of the time people are pretty head down in their own workload and their own lives. And they're not noticing you. You don't need them to give you permission, nor should you wait, because I don't think they're going to do that for you. Well, that uh, leads perfectly into what I was going to say about why breaks can be useful sometimes. And I have noticed that for me, I know you know this about me, uh, I have a habit of layering on um, habits, routines, practices, responsibilities that individually feel good to me and purposeful. And like there was a reason I started to do this thing once a week or three times a week or um, and I, I like have a lot of satisfaction in kind of having intentionally assigned myself roles and jobs. Well, in aggregate, those can lead to overwhelm. And so declaring a break from even one area of my life actually, I think, has a ripple effect in it. It forces me to ask the question, what is really necessary and who assigned me this job and is it serving me anymore? So to use like some home examples, like I may have decided I get up at 530 before my kids to read and have quiet time. And oh, also, um, I've committed to this thing for school that's every other Monday. And each of these things that I've put onto my calendar and in my schedule and on my to do list has made sense. And has it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm saying yes to everything or that each one of these things made sense. But taking a break is a great way to look at like, is this serving me anymore? And to start removing one or two of those things that felt good at one point. So that's one reason that's really, really helpful for my personality, because I am not as good at intuitively being like, "Eh, I don't want to do this anymore. I will do it out of a, out of a sense of like duty obligation and stick-to-itiveness until like I'm slapped in the face with something. And so like, to your point about no one else is going to be like, Hey, Sarah, (laughs) Why are you still doing like, why are you still doing that? So I have to. So that's one reason I think um, that it can be useful. Yeah. And I think that for it's funny because it's like this thing may feel very nourishing, mm-hmm. this this practice, whatever it is. Um, but you can only layer so many of those things on and sometimes they conflict with each other. Yeah. Like sometimes you, <laughs> if you don't remember to let go of something before you add something new on, you might actually find yourself with two habits, practices, regular things that you do in your routine that actually conflict yep. in some way yep. um, and like cancel each other out. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah, that's no, good. it's no good. Another just real quick one that I have experienced, especially when my kids were really small, is taking declaring a break is also a really great way to just 
give yourself permission to not do something you're not doing anyway. You know how we've talked about, like you talked about your laundry chair or your chair of scarves. And I've talked about not folding pajamas when my kids were really little. Like there's a thing that you're not doing right now, moms, that you're feeling guilty about, whether it's folding your kids' underwear or I don't know what it is, like volunteering for something every time the email comes through. You're not doing it anyway, but you're not doing it and you're feeling really bad about or bad about it. If you declare a break or just like, that's not a thing that I do, removing that sort of lingering, nagging guilt, I think is so powerful. I don't find that I have to do that quite as much anymore. I think I'm better at just not feeling guilty about it in the first place. But 10 years ago, that was a big one for me is like, no, I'm just taking, I'm not doing that right now. That is not a thing. And then you don't feel guilty about it, but you weren't doing it anyway. (laughs) Right, right, right. And I, I love that. Um, it's the arbitrary or when you, you decide the thing is the thing. And Uh once you've declared it, then it it's the thing. And then it feels intentional. Whereas before it might not have, I think for me too, when I had really small kids, um, I kept waiting. Well, I I got over it at some point, but like (laughs) there was a period where I kept waiting for life to open up a long window of time for me Mm -hmm. to take a break in like a week or two week vacation. And then I sort of reached, then I realized after like the third kid, I was like, well, that's not going to happen for a while. Um, so why don't I just find ways to take a lot of little breaks in my life, like give myself a break a lot. And we're going to talk a little bit about, um, the different kinds of breaks we can take, but they don't all have to be at once. Like you don't have to take a physical break from your physical location and a mental break from work and an emotional break from your annoying in-laws. Let's just say all (laughs) in the same week long period. There's lots of ways you can take mini breaks from any or all of those things every single day. Like we all have some way we can give ourselves a small break every day. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we're a little different in this way, perhaps Sarah, but sometimes the um, spontaneity of it for me can feel like I'm getting away with something. Yeah. So, um, Ooh, today I'm just not going to do this thing because I don't have to, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is today, I'm going to blow the rest of the work day off and take the kids to the beach, or I'm going to sneak out or today I'm going to use paper plates or yeah. whatever the thing uh-huh. is like little subversive, sneaky ways to give yourself a break can give you a, bo- a much bigger boost than you think. Yeah. And it then means you're not waiting around for all of it to just like jive at the same time. Cause yes. you might, if you've got little kids, it might not be that way for yep. a bit. Yep. I totally agree. Well, did we miss anything on why breaks can be hard? I know we talked a lot about, um, the mental gymnastics we go through to wonder if we deserve it, but I also think that the actual taking of a break is not easy. So why, why is it so hard? Well, for, for myself, I mean, besides, besides the feeling of like, um, wondering if I, I don't know, like deserved it, got ready for it, left someone else in the lurch. If I get back, there's going to be a big pile of children and laundry. There's also like, it takes time to, um, switch modes. Yeah. That's a great point. And if we're not in the habit of doing that, like what's the cue, you know, if I decide, okay, I'm just going to take the afternoon off. And I'm going to go to the park, let's say, with my kids when they were little. Where's the part of my brain that says, and it's also okay not to take your phone with you. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be on and looking at it. Like, those are two different things. I've, I've removed myself from my usual location. I've gone to a different location. I've told myself I'm not working or whatever. I'm not, I'm not at home cleaning. How does my brain catch up? I think for me, that's the hardest part to do in a small mini break. 
And that's why they say like the big they in quotes, um, experts say that like it takes time. Yeah. You have to settle into a break for a while before it's like before your brain catches up with the fact that you're on break. And again, I just think that's really hard to do. And maybe there's a different way to build that habit in microwaves. I don't know. Well, yes, I think this is, this is where we bring ourselves with us, right? This is where like a break that you see somebody taking on social media or that you hear about someone going to a retreat or like going off grid for a while. Like what the problem is, the tricky part is, like you said, your brain comes right along with you. And it's when, when we're still ourselves that we're like, Oh, like my break needs are almost like deeper or different than this. That's what I was going to say is, is hard about taking breaks as well as I feel I have this kind of fear that I'm not going to use the time well, well, so that we could unpack that first of all, but almost not knowing what do I do with this newfound time and, and do I, do I bring my phone? Do I also cut out technology and social media? And if I do that, really what am I like, what, I'm what, just, do, I just, what do? do I even do? So yeah. I think it can be very uncomfortable. I think taking a break in any way from anything, even the smaller breaks you're talking about, it's really helpful if you have an idea of what you might replace that thing with. And, and you might have to be pretty specific with yourself. You're, you're taking a break from this volunteer gig that you've been doing, but would it feel good to replace that time with scrolling social? Probably not. We're going to get in later to our listener survey and what our listeners have told us about what they do when they have a free hour. But I think it's really tricky to take a break and then be found with time that you don't quite know how to fill because like a vacuum. Yes. That vacuum feels uncomfortable to me. And I am prone to, I guess, um, be pretty hard on myself about how I use it, either not productive enough, not um, you know, I don't know, inspiring enough, creative enough. So that's a landmine. It's actually easier for me to stay in my day-to-day productive way than to take a break and be left with myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and maybe part of it is just becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. Cause if we never give our brains that opportunity to switch, like to switch gears or to find a new way to like, if we never give ourselves the opportunity to fight through that discomfort and find other ways to occupy ourselves or just be with ourselves, then we will never change the wiring. Um, like our brains will always say, okay, put a phone in my hand and let me scroll or whatever the distraction is probably a phone if we're honest. (laughs) BP added more than $70 billion to the U S economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so 
listeners, you've been hearing us talk about our listener survey and, um, for 1200 of you, I think have taken it. There is still a few more days to take it. Um, but actually the reason I'm bringing it up now is that we asked questions in our listener survey that I thought Megan would be fun to kind of look at the answers across our audience as it relates to taking breaks or having free time as a mom. Um, and so I'll just kind of throw out some observations that, that I have, um, here's one, almost 90% of the people who responded to our survey say they hope to take a vacation (laughs) in the next year. It was when we asked what, you know, do you hope to do any of the following things in the next 12 months? And there were all kinds of things like go back to school, get a new car, start volunteering. It was, it was across, across many categories. And Everyone wants to take a vacation. And by far, that was the most popular answer. Yes. Way, way more popular than have more kids, by the way. Yes, that's true. That is very <laughs> or true. Or add a pet to the family or move or any of that. Like take a vacation is really hot, like really winning. Yes. Um, and then we also asked some questions about if you had a little bit of time to yourself. We said an uninterrupted hour to yourself. What are you most likely to do? And I'll just read what the options were. And again, if you haven't taken the survey, you can go add your answer. But the options were basic physical self-care, like take a shower, you know, like brush my hair, um, creative hobbies, pampering, which is, you know, a step up in the self-care department, get your nails done, get a massage, purposeful productivity, consuming content of some kind. So TV, whatever, reading, um, Social connection, like in person, like or a phone call with a friend, like actual real social connection or a spiritual practice. So of those categories, if you had an uninterrupted hour to yourself, Megan, maybe I should ask you first, what what of those would you find yourself most likely to gravitate toward? You can only pick one in this case. Um, I mean, I would love to say a creative hobby. Mm -hmm. More likely. Productivity or consuming content, which I think is what. And I, I'm assuming that by that people also are including like Instagram and stuff in there because there's not a different. Yes, correct. Consuming content in parentheses, we said books, TV shows, um, yeah. social media, like you're you're consuming content. I guess in, in this scenario, you're choosing to do it because we're saying right. like you've got an uninterrupted hour. Like, what are you going to do? So, yes, consuming content. Um, yeah, the top three purposeful productivity, which would be, you know, catching up on your to-do list, writing emails. It's an uninterrupted hour. We didn't say it had to be like a vacation. And that is the number one, that was the number one answer. And it would be my answer as well. If I found myself with an uninterrupted hour, that would feel the best to me. And I think a lot of our listeners agreed. And the second one was basic physical self-care. Um, I yeah. did look at the age breakdown of how old people's kids were and not surprisingly the need or the, the answer that I would take a shower or brush my teeth or feed myself a meal. Um, it goes down as kids get older, but that makes yeah. perfect sense because if you have an uninterrupted hour to yourself and you have a two month old and an 18 month old, like, yes, that makes sense. It's just what right. you're going to do. You, right. It's less urgent as your kids get older. Um, exactly. Right now I'm going to shower every day anyway. So, right. or whatever. And I don't need to, I don't need that to be something I purposefully do when I have a break. Yeah. Um, I did think it was interesting that a very similar question, or you could say that this like dovetails with that one is what obstacles prevent you from making or taking time for yourself. Mm-hmm. And one of the, like the most common answer was I fill pockets of time with other things yeah. like service to others, work, less intentional pastimes that don't nourish me. So isn't it interesting yeah. how the way we intentionally choose 
to fill an hour then actually can prevent us from doing the thing that's most important. There's like a, a quote that um, I can't remember where this comes from, but a pastor at my church said not too long ago. And it was like, our deepest desires are not always our, I don't know, most urgent desires or something mm-hmm. like that. Like we do things that don't support our actual deepest yep. desire because it's the one that's right in front of our face. Yeah. 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 Um, I think what well, for me, these answers and um, we can, we can link to, let's see, what can we do? We can share these results in aggregate. And then I do hope some more people will take the survey. But for me, it was really validating. It was like, oh, we're all kind of struggling with this. Like uh, there's, there was some pretty clear patterns. We also asked, um, what is the, which of the following do you find most difficult to make time for? And the same thing, physical self-care, creative hobbies, pampering, purposeful productivity. Guess what? Very few people said they found it difficult to make time for consuming content, right? Because like the content robots have made it really easy. That is not difficult to make time for. Creativity or creative hobbies was the number one answer. So people want, wish for some things and yet aren't spending the uninterrupted hour doing them. It's really interesting. Another one that came up as having uh, difficult to make time for is social connection. Yeah. And when we said that, we said in parentheses, it could be like a phone call to a friend. It didn't have to be like in person face to face, but it is different than scrolling social media. That's not what we mean by social yeah. connection. Um, and I, the more I read and the more I reflect on like my own last few years, like I just am being reminded in midlife that that is something that requires effort and if it's going to be a priority, there may be other things that need taking a break from, including purposeful productivity. Like sometimes yeah. like that, that need to be productive, maybe the thing we need a break from most. And I think, I mean, it would seem as though research is showing that that is a pretty across the board. Yeah. Like, there is a loneliness epidemic right now. And that's what they keep talking about. And people are lonelier and more disconnected than ever and feeling really um, in need of that social connection, even though it looks like we're social all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not filling the well mm-hmm. yeah. the way we maybe thought it was. It's yeah. like a band day. It feels like we're around people, but we're alone, you know, and that's really the sad place to be. And I think that's where a lot of us are finding ourselves. Yeah, I agree. Well, the final, the final one that I'll shout out and it's, it's all related to this. We asked a few questions about the role that social media plays in your life. And, and if you're happy about it, but, um, the final one was if you are unsatisfied with your relationship to social media, what's the biggest pain point? And the, by far overwhelming over 60% of people said it takes time away from other things I want to be doing. So it's not inherently bad is how I interpret that, but it is, it is a pull away from some of these other things. So that might be a good time to talk about different types of breaks we've taken because I took an Instagram break recently. Um, you did. And you really, you really liked it, didn't you? I did, but I'm back on. So that's right. like, it was so truly like a break. It, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and I looked at it as a break, not a I'm quitting, but I found myself, it was May, well, it was the day before May 1st. So April 30th happened to fall on a Sunday. And there's something I really love about like the first of a month, a Monday, a fresh start. and Um, I just like, it popped into my, like a little light bulb. I hadn't been overthinking my relationship to Instagram. I hadn't been hand wringing about it. I had been, and I remember telling you this and you said something similar has happened to you. It's like, 
it felt all fine and happy. And I wasn't um, bemoaning my relationship with Instagram. And all of a sudden on April 30th, I thought, oh, tomorrow is a Monday and it's the first of a new month. And May is a just absolutely crazy month for our family. There was going to be some traveling. I was going to be social or um, excuse me. I was going to be solo parenting a lot. And that is um, a slippery slope with me. If I'm by myself a lot in the evenings, my scrolling can just get like silly. And so I thought I'm going to take the whole month of May off. And I moved the app far away on my phone. And I, you know this about me. I have, I have really good willpower when I just decide something is true. Like I'm, it's not really hard for me once I decide it. And so I stayed off of the Insta for like 30 days of the 31 days I was in New York that last couple of days of May. And I got back on, um, and then I've been back on in June and I, it's not any more revelatory than anybody else who's said that they've taken a break, but it was a really good habit reset for me. Um, and I think me on Instagram in the month of May, 2023 would have been a less healthier version of myself. So it's, it wasn't any more profound than that. It was just a break. You know, I think that's really interesting because I took an Instagram break last August that was, I feel like you and I maybe took a break yeah. around the same time I think in August. I took all of August. Um, that's, yeah, and I think I took that's like That's the Ashley weeks. Gad influence. It ends yeah. up like spreading across the internet, but yes. And it wasn't really even pre, like, like we said, it wasn't like pre-planned. I just one day was like, eh, I don't know. I feel like there's other things I'd like to be doing. And you start to get that feeling when you're scrolling a lot mindlessly that you start to, I'm a, for me at least, I get um, feeling very antsy. Like, why am I still doing this? Why am I still glued to my phone? And I was like, I think I'll just, So I took the app off my phone and I did give myself the, like, I gave myself permission to on my computer, get on and post like once a week or something like that, but then not to go back and like obsessively check the comments or anything like that. And it was so easy. I was actually really surprised by how easy it was. And I don't know if it's because I just had a lot of other things going on that were, um, more, I don't know, like more urgent or felt more fulfilling at the time. Or like if maybe I was just kind of fed up, like maybe I was just at a point where I was like really ready for the break. Then I tried to take a break from Instagram on my honeymoon and it was kind of a failure. Oh, interesting. Because we had, well, first of all, I wanted to post pictures and then I wanted to see all the nice things people were saying about the pictures. (laughs) And it was really hot and very buggy for like three of the four days. So we were just doing a lot of lying around. We were exhausted. First of all, like it had been a crazy week leading up. And I think we both just like, we thought we were going to be out hiking and kayaking. And we did a little bit of that, but it was a lot of like lying around reading and not doing much. And so it actually kind of felt appropriate to be on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I did turn off Slack. So that's how we communicate for work. I didn't have that on my phone. And I like, I think I checked it twice, but I wasn't, I wasn't really checking with work. I wasn't looking at my email, but I was still on Instagram and I'm like, okay, well, if it's not, it didn't, Maybe this just, I was like arbitrarily deciding I had to be off for Uh not the right reason. And so it just didn't stick and that's okay too. So I guess all that's to say, sometimes you can try something and maybe it's just not the right time for that thing. Yeah. Well, and we don't need to take the same breaks that everybody else does. Um, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but there can be a kind of like announcement, everyone, I'm taking a break from Instagram. Like there can be this kind of like, and not just Instagram, like anywhere. Where it's like, why don't, and maybe people are listening to this episode thinking the same thing. Like, why don't you guys just go away in July and stop talking about it? So there can be this like performative thing that happens. And maybe that makes you think 
everyone's taking this type of break. Like no, no, um, dry January is another example or like whole, uh, what, what do people do in January? There's a lot of January resets, whole 30. And so, um, you get to take a break from the things that you actually need a break from that might sound obvious, but if you are someone who's just relishing in the little kid years and you just feel good in your body and you're, you're like trucking along and you don't need a date night or a, a girl's weekend, like don't take it. You don't have to take the same kind of breaks as everybody else. If you don't feel like you need them, I think is yeah. the point. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about other types of breaks that have been good for you over the years? Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes a mental break for me can truly mean phoning it in on certain kinds of tasks. It can mean giving myself a little bit of a break from having to do everything really well. And, you know, you have to be like a little judicious with that because sometimes there are things that just have to get done well, but not everything always has to be done with equal skill, attention, um, and like perfection Mm -hmm. at all times. It is very possible to mentally check out from your food plan or to mentally check out from keeping up with the house and just do the bare minimum, like whatever that is, if it, it, there's mental, emotional, and physical exhaustion. And those are three different things that can go together, but sometimes really one, like just giving yourself a break in one area can kind of free up enough resources to kind of buckle down on the other two. So mentally just not caring as much about things or not giving things as much bandwidth can feel really scary, especially if you are in a world, a a working world that relies on your brain a lot, which I think most of us are to some degree. Um, But I feel like that can be effective. And most of the time people don't even notice, like most of the time, the like the um, repercussions of you doing that Mm -hmm. are, are not even noticeable. Maybe they would be if you did it for six months. Yeah. But most of the time, not emotional. Um, giving myself space from certain people, like people who exhaust me or people at all. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. um, I actually need to give myself a little human, a little break from humans because just being around a lot of humans can be kind of exhausting. And I don't think I always realize. I think this is something that in this middle stage of my life, I'm starting to realize that even though I've always thought of myself as an extrovert, I actually am very exhausted by people mm-hmm. often, mm-hmm. Um, which is an interesting thing to be learning about myself, but also situations that are emotional, books that are media, movies. Like there are times in my life where I'm like, I don't want to read anything heavy. I don't want to watch anything heavy. Yeah. I don't want to be in a dramatic situation. I don't want to have to try to solve anyone's problems. Um, For me, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. If my emotional energy is taxed, I can't do any of the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And it's that I feel like is the place where I give the most and where I need the most breaks the most often. Yeah. And don't always think to. And then, of course, there's like the the physical breaks, right? Like the I'm not going to do the dishes today. Um, I'm going to leave my house. I'm going to get a change of scenery. I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to go to a retreat. Um, Those, I think, can all be really great breaks too. And they can be small or large. And I think sometimes a break is all three at once, but often it's only one. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's really true. I was thinking about, uh, physical retreats because it's summer and a lot of people are taking some kind of trip or vacation. Um, and sometimes what happens to me is I am surprised by how nice it is to take a break from something I didn't know I needed a break from. Right. So like, 
the physical change of location, maybe it's because you're in a, um, a hotel or an Airbnb yeah. for a few days and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't washed, I haven't unloaded the dishwasher in five days. Or maybe you're around family who's changing the baby's diaper all the time and you're like, right. oh man, is it nice not to change a diaper? So um, while we know everybody, not everybody can take elaborate vacations every year, um, I am a homebody and I yet I'm still continually reminded of like, oh, it's really good to get everybody out of the, the physical space and into a new physical space. You learn things about your kids. You learn things about yourself. And it may not be the break you thought you needed because we all know that being on vacation is not easy for moms. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it changes up your rituals, routines, and responsibilities in a way that might give you a surprising break from something you didn't know you needed. Yeah. And and families like can really be very different together while on while outside of your normal routine. And like you said, you learn a lot about your family, but you learn a lot about the family you have right now, mm-hmm. which might not yes. be the same family you had on your last vacation. Yeah. Like someone might have decided they like a certain food they didn't used to like, or they're able to sleep um, in a, their own room in the Airbnb when before they had to be with a sibling or whatever. You know, you, you learn a lot mm-hmm. by getting out of your usual habits yeah. and routines. Can we talk about um how we explain and defend our breaks when they are actually happening and when other people might have opinions about them. And I'll just say my piece briefly. Um, I loved Julia Louis-Dreyfus's podcast this summer or this summer. It is summer now. It, it wrapped up. So it was this spring called Wiser Than Me. Huge fan. We will link to it. Yes, Everyone should listen to it. I like a lot of time talking about loved this to it. each other. Yeah. But a couple of her different guests, um, I think it was Jane Fonda and Carol Burnett, and they both said the same thing, which is the thing they have learned in later lady life is that no is a complete sentence, meaning like it's okay to say no to something and then not over explain, defend, or justify. I would extend that to whatever kind of break you have decided is good for you and or your family. Um, if you want to explain it or you feel like it's a fun thing to discuss with your girlfriends or something, by all means do. But just I just think it's so true that we don't owe anybody an explanation about why we are taking a break. And it's so tempting to do the opposite. Well, you know, I was just really like this was just piling up and so and so needs me over here. And it's like, nope, a break is a complete sentence. It's not obviously a break isn't a sentence. So it doesn't work quite as well as no is a complete sentence, but a break for a break's sake requires zero explanation unless you want to. And I just, I think that is so difficult to get to, but that is the, that's the fun part of midlife, midlife, right? Yeah. And this time of year, I'm thinking a lot of times it might be coming out in, um, sports, like Mm -hmm. your kid qualifies to go on to the all-star baseball or what, let's just say something like that. And you look at that honestly and say, I can't, mm-hmm. it's not going to work with our family. We want to take a vacation in, in this yep. conflicts or, um, we just want our evenings back and we won't have them or we don't have the budget. You know, all, you don't have to say any of that. That can be your internal dialogue. And yep. then your answer can just be, you know, so sorry, we're not doing it. And I do feel like there could be a lot of well-meaning pressure. Often it's because someone really likes your kid or thinks your kid has talent or wants your kid involved in this thing, or it's all coming from the best, um, intentions and it, and people can be very persuasive. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes just 
um, remembering like it, 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 not even just talking about taking breaks from like doing the dishes or like going on vacations or kids, I'm not doing the laundry. Yeah. No means no. I yeah. mean, it's not just that. It's like what your fam- what you've decided your family cannot participate in, in order to keep everything moving along the way you want and keep everybody's mental health good and all those things. That's like your business yeah. and only your business. And I think we've, we've spent very little time actually testing the waters of whether that will be well received. I think we're so fearful yes. of people reading that as, I don't know, cocky or um, judgy. We are afraid other people think we're judging them, right? Like there's this right. like weird codependent thing that happens. So I don't think most of us have practiced just saying the declarative sentence. We're not doing that right now, or I'm not interested right. in that right now because we're so afraid that we haven't even tried. I would, I would suggest that there's more power in saying less and letting the chips fall where they may. Um, but, but we're not very good at practicing that. I'm just like experimenting. Yeah. yeah. Sarah, I wanted to go back to the survey for a yeah. second because there was one question we didn't discuss that I think plays into all of this or, or can be like a byproduct of it. So yeah. one of the questions was what am I enough worries keep you up at night? Choose up to three. And I think it's interesting that the two that got the most answers, like they're almost neck and neck tied was, um, where I yell too much. I lose my temper. I'm not positive enough. So that's one. Mm -hmm. And the other is I'm stretched too thin. I'm mentally checked out or emotionally unavailable and not able to connect. And then, and then just under that was, I'm not spending enough time with my kids and I'm not giving my kids enough. So it's like, yeah, there's like the, the majority of the responses are having to do with me. I'm not enough uh-huh. like at the core yeah. because I'm losing my mind. I'm like, I I'm stretched too thin. I am tapped out. I need a break. I need a break. Yeah. And then it like trickles down to, but I'm also not giving my kids enough right. and I'm not spending enough time with them. And, and I'm because people were able to choose up to three, I'm sure there's a way to drill in and see, but yeah. I, I can't do it from where I'm looking right now. I wonder how many people said both, like yeah. I'm stretched too thin and I'm not giving my kids right. enough. I'm giving 187% and it's not even a quarter of what I need to be giving. It's like the, right, math, exactly. the math starts to get silly, but relatable. Yeah. And I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up because yeah. I think it's so common that we both feel like we've, yeah, we've done everything we can do. We're, we're pouring from an empty, like dipping into an empty well. There's nothing left to give yet. We're still not doing enough. And those things like something has to give in there. Either your cup has to get refilled externally or internally somehow, mm-hmm. or you have to stop or you have to do less. So there's more to go yeah. around. Like there's mm-hmm. no, those are kind of your two options. Yeah. Yes. Um, and maybe going back to all those ways that we're spending our time mm-hmm. isn't doing any of those things. It's yeah. not refilling the well, it's not refilling the cup and it's not giving us a break. It's like, it's doing neither. Yeah. It's either neutral or actually negative. Right. Exactly. And there's, it's, it's funny that we're like, we've been talking about the summer and taking a break and all this, but as you're talking, I'm realizing like there's a parallel, a parallel challenge here, which is to set your everyday life up in tiny ways over and over again so that you don't get to the point of burnout and overwhelm. Um, and I thought of one episode with, um, I'm pretty sure it's Whitney Hawthorne, Savvy Working Mom. I know she goes by Savvy Working Mom, um, and I'll link that up in the show notes. But um, she talks to full-time working moms about that exact thing, about like 
building your daily life, your daily routines really in a very, very strict way with yourself so that you're not needing the quote unquote needing the break. I still think everybody deserves a break once in a while, but that you're not setting yourself for an everyday life that requires such an extreme break. I think that's the goal, really. Yeah. 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 I'll link that one up. Um, Speaking of way back archives, I mean, I'm hoping that while we're on break this summer, people just deep dive into the 670 or something archived episodes. We're going to replay those four, but we also have so many, many, many that you all could listen and I, to. And I also, and this again, it's not justifying or defending us taking a break at all. <laughs> but I just wanted to say that I was thinking about this and thinking, I really like it when a show I love and have listened to for a long time runs reruns because it's amazing to me that I will have completely forgotten about a conversation and be yeah. like, oh, I'm so happy I get to hear this again. But here's the funny thing. You and I also forget about having had conversations. Oh, yeah. So if we can forget we even had a conversation, I'm sure there's content in the Mom Hour archives that you'll be like, what? Yeah, I forgot all about this. So it's that's really funny. fun. People yeah. will email us and be like, do you have an episode on such and, and such? Like, yep. And the first thing I do <laughs> is I search. I don't know. Do we? And so yeah. then I search, but I'm pretty sure we do. But when was it and where was it? And um, I was saying this to you before we hit record, but the podcast app I use is Pocket Casts. And I don't know when it updated to this, but this is like a unintentional plug for pocket casts. It now has a search bar in the list of episodes of any podcast you're listening to, which means I can search any show that I love, search their back catalog for like, you know, a a phrase or a word or a guest or something like that. Um, and I didn't realize that Apple podcast doesn't do that yet, which is like podcast is really behind on user friendliness. So, but anyway, we have other ways, other ways to explore our archives. So do you think, do you think it'll feel weird, Megan, not to have our regular recording schedule or yeah. Even when we take a couple of weeks off, we will get back on the mic and be like, how do we do this again? (laughs) So I think the first couple of weeks will be weird. I think then we'll get into the routine of not doing it and then it'll be hard to get back into doing it. That's my guess. Yeah. But we'll be here for you. We'll still be, you know, reachable by email and all that. Oh yeah. And you're, you're active on Insta right now. I'm quiet on Insta right now, but sometimes that changes. So you can you know, follow along our adventures there. And, um, yeah. All right, everybody will enjoy eight episodes in the month of July, especially those fresh conversations with our contributor team. We love them so much. So happy to hand the mic over to them for the month of July. And then we will be back. Episode 424 will come to you on Tuesday, August 1st. And with that, Megan, we're taking a break. Signing off. See you later. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, everyone, we have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following the mom hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. 
Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. 